Philo community, welcome to the Philo podcast. It's the 4th of July edition. I mean, if you're listening to this in real time. And for those of you who are listening in the United States, happy Independence Day. And for those of you not listening from the United States, well, happy Monday. Our goal here at Philo is to help you become more effective so that your church can become more effective. And we do that through this podcast, through Philo cohorts, through our book, I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas, and the Philo Conference. And as the summer begins, hopefully you've been able to slow your pace a little. I mean, I would personally love to say that things have slowed down for me, but they have not. They've kind of picked up since the Philo Conference back in May. And after a couple of years uh, of not really doing it, I'm back working with the Global Leadership Summit as the production manager, which I'm really excited about. And I love the team uh, that I get to work with and being back with the Willow Production team has been so amazing. And my role is really to kind of bridge the gap between the creative ideas and then how to actually accomplish those using production and production people. And it's been really great fun to be back in the mix. It's also been hard work. Um, So I'm back into it. Just a reminder that what we have chosen to be a part of, you know, the technical arts in the local church, that it isn't easy. And working in community with people with all different talents, dreaming together and trying to figure out everything that needs to be done and is it doable and you know can we do with with the time we have with the money that we have with the people we have and you know just figuring out what is the right thing to do for you know a particular event or service and making something beautiful together and enjoying the process along the way is yeah it's not like a simple thing and just because it's hard doesn't mean it's bad and we're doing something wrong I mean great ideas require resistance to become the very best And if I'm spending any energy to make something happen, I mean, I would rather put in extra energy to do the thing well than to just do something easy that is actually less effective. And all this has been kind of reminding me a few years ago, and by a few, I mean probably 10 or 15, I had lunch with one of the original, like OG production people from Willow Creek's early days, like back in the 70s. And I had a whole list of questions. I was so excited to meet with him. We met at Denny's for lunch. And, you know, I had all these questions I was going to ask. And I was so excited to, you know, be taking with all the notes I was going to have leaving that lunch with all his super deep answers that were going to line up exactly with what I thought, you know, he was going to say. And honestly, at the end of the lunch, I definitely did not have the answers I was expecting. Um, But there was one thing I took away from our conversation that I have not forgotten all these years later. And he basically said he was really involved doing production with a friend who was kind of leading the creative side of things. And uh, he said, you know, we basically said, you know what, if we're going to do anything, let's do it amazing and uh, let's do it together. And, you know, basically, let's not waste time doing mediocre work. Let's crush it. And let's do it in community with each other. And yeah, the reality is uh, that it's hard to do great work. And then, you know, doing it with other humans who are flawed and don't think exactly like you do. I mean, it's more difficult than working on stuff alone, but the things you get to do have the potential to, to be something exponentially better than you could do by yourself. Doing great work and doing it in community are things that God has created us for. Yeah, so just all that was uh, such a great reminder. And our guest on the podcast today is very familiar with creating excellence within community, Cass Langton. She's the global worship and creative pastor at Hillsong Church. And if you attended Philo in 2021, you'll remember her as one of our main session speakers. And as someone who leads creative teams and production teams across the globe, I was really excited to pick her brain 
about how she leads in their version of multi-site, which is like, you know, gigantic and worldwide. And as some of you know, Hillsong has been going through a difficult season lately, and I really appreciated Cass taking time in the middle of all that to share her wisdom with the Philo community. And in our conversation, it was also evident that because the church is made up of flawed people, that sometimes that flawed humanity makes things more difficult. And for me, I've been praying for the teams and Cass and her team at Hillsong, you know, that they could weather the current storm and to look for a way ahead. And yeah, if you're a praying type person, I would just ask you to do the same. Um, God's using all of us flawed individuals for his purposes and the people of Hillsong are no different. And yeah, like I said, just appreciated that she took some time in the middle of kind of a crazy time there to share wisdom to the Philo community. So uh, one other quick note about our podcast, we had kind of interesting time with the internet. I don't know if you know that there's a time difference between the United States and Australia, which shouldn't make a difference, but yeah, we had some weird audio issues here and there. And so, you know, you know what's up. I mean, you're a tech person if you're listening to this. So I just ask that you maybe listen past some of that because the content is really good. There's some really rich stuff, super awesome gold nuggets here. So anyway, let's dive in. Hey, Cass. Good morning, Todd. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's <laughs> evening where I am of the day before, uh, which is always like, uh, yeah, so weird to think about. I feel like I'm a time traveler when I talk to Americans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. good here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even even trying to figure out when are we meeting exactly is right. like so hard to figure out the math. I usually am, I talk to Europe a lot. And so that one I can get my head right. around, but yeah, Australia so this far is a away. whole other deal. In the future, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking time to join us. And yeah, I'm just really excited about our conversation. But before we sort of dive in and maybe to give us some context for what we'll be talking about, maybe you could share a little bit about what you do right now. And then as long as you want to take or short your journey kind of getting to where you are right now. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> My official title is the Global Worship and Creative Pastor at Hillsong Church, mm-hmm. which means I'm responsible for all of our creative technical teams, our worship teams, our TV video teams, our stage and set design teams across our Australian and Asian locations, and then with influence over all of our global locations. And then I have involvement in our Hillsong Worship side of things and the music mm-hmm. expressions that come out of our church. Okay. So you're not super uh, busy, I think is what you're saying. Nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, it is a moving target and the shifting sand, I think. Uh-huh. So what we do every week looks different to other weeks. We have responsibility for all the conferences that come out of our church, all the expressions mm-hmm. that, that come out of Hillsong Church. And and the leadership and the pastoring of all of those teams. And, mm-hmm. and so that's a lot of people when you multiply that across, I think we're 30 campuses in Australia and then we are about the same overseas, I think. So there's, oh, wow. okay. by the time you put them all together, a hundred and something campuses that Ooh. come out of Hillsong Church. Okay. Yep. And so nice. keep everybody on a similar page while giving them <laughs> the ability to create and express in their local areas <laughs> is a real challenge. Yeah. I'm excited and to talk Rich- about that actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you are. Um, Rich and I grew up in a little Baptist community in Melbourne, so 12 hours from Sydney. Have always loved the church. I think I gave my heart to Jesus at four and I've never oh, regretted wow. the decision. Yeah. And 
when we started dating, we went, oh, we would really like to do ministry. He had studied theology at university. I was okay. doing my business degree and okay. had a job offer from Shell Oil Company on the table. And so I took that for a couple of years. We got married, saved up some money and went, okay, let's go to Sydney. We've heard of this church called Hillsong and we'll spend two years here and we'll go and plant churches in Denmark or um, oh. Melbourne were our two countries of choice. Okay. Anyway, right. we got to Sydney and <laughs> the way the Lord led us here is actually miraculous. Mm. And then I can remember sitting in a job interview in Sydney with um, Anderson Consulting and okay. I felt like the Lord told me to go and volunteer at our church. And so I I literally went, I, I don't know what to do with this. Right. We had oh, been at Hillsong Church for maybe a few months mm-hmm. and I said to the guy, I'm so sorry, at the end of the interview, he said, Let, let's talk about where to from here. And I said, I'm so sorry, I, I have this feeling that I should go and volunteer for my church. Oh, wow. And he ended up being very key in a church that we we're in relationship with in Sydney. And he said to me, I can sense the hand of God on you. Um, can I pray for you? Um, I think that's actually the right decision. And I walked out of oh, the wow. interview to my husband who's waiting in the car and went, had the interview going. I went, went awesome. I can have the job if I want it. But I told him I thought we should go and volunteer for our church. <laughs> so <laughs> over the course of events, the Lord moved miraculously. And within maybe two months, I was employed at Hillsong Church oh, in wow. the creative department under Darlene okay. Check. Oh, wow. And that okay. started a 25-year journey of running our events department, running our marketing department and coming back into creative after that transition of Darlene out to Joel and Ruben and myself. Okay. And finding myself leading this team. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's inter- a wild story <laughs> with a lot of amazing moments. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, I I just love yeah. that hearing from, you know, God, you know, do this thing that maybe seems small or insignificant, but that obedience to something small leads to something, you know, fast forward 25 years leads to something that you could never have imagined. Yeah. I just love how God does that. Never. And (laughs) do you know what? When we lived in Melbourne, we used to listen to the music all the time and we went, oh, imagine what it would be like (laughs) to do that kind of job. And I think Uh God in his... um, Sovereignty and maybe his humor when <laughs> just you wait and see. <laughs> and we find ourselves in, uh, pinching ourselves, going, um, How did we get here? Right. <laughs> obviously, believe us at work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always easy, but you can sense him. I yeah. can. And uh, I mean, and I'm humbled by it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like to go from different departments and moving around to doing, being responsible for different uh, things. Like, did those all feel like natural uh, moves, or were they were they related at all, or were each one of those kind of a step of faith? <laughs> I feel like at Hillsong Church, you often don't know that you have been promoted or moved around, <laughs> so you just end up with more on your plate. <laughs> all right, yeah, not getting paid anymore, yeah, but uh, yeah, suddenly doing yeah. more, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you just kind of end up naturally absorbing things and going, okay, well, now I've got the events department and the marketing department and I've got this or there's just a gap. Like at the time it was uh, church when we came probably had, I guess, around a 1,000 people. We didn't okay. have our own buildings. We were one location. Mm-hmm. We weren't multi-site. And so it was a real building phase and a real growth phase. Mm-hmm. So everything was developing as we were going. 
Right. Which I guess one of my big questions was, you know, the position that you're in now and, and thinking about if you were to apply for that job now, you probably aren't qualified for it in many ways, but the, just a the ton. fact that you, well, just the fact that you, <laughs> no. you got to grow with it and sort of move through the organization as it, it was just figuring out stuff as you went versus yeah. how do I manage 120 sites? Well, that's, that's a lot different than, okay, we're well, starting at a thousand or, you know, one site and oh, how do we do two? Yeah. So. Definitely. And I am grateful for all those little steps in between because I think they gave you wisdom and insight as to what different departments need to function. Uh And so now we all come together and it's quite interesting because our key collaborations would be with our events team and our marketing team because I think I understand what they need and they are like, if, if we could do this together, we can pull off something way more beautiful than if we do this by ourselves. Right, right. And I think maybe it's given me a little bit of wisdom and insight when it comes to leading our technical teams. Right, yeah. Because maybe the answers that some of those other places need are the answers that our team need. Right, right. I mean, there's something really great about even the trust that gets built with those other departments because oh. you understand what they need and and are trying to give it to them versus having right. no idea what they what they need. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And even relationally, like the guy who runs our events department has been there for years and years, but he was my intern when I was running okay. that. So <laughs> so there's years of history and relationship too. So we've been doing this together for, I don't know, 18 or 19 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. I can't imagine doing anything that long. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to have done things that long, but just the... <laughs> Just the way my life has gone, yeah, being somewhere for 25 years, uh, yeah, well yeah. done. There's something I never thought we would. We thought we would be here two years and go. And right, so right. I can remember the Lord really speaking to us about the cost was in staying, not in going for us. Yeah. And deciding to put down deep roots and not uh, go. Yeah. And having to make that decision over and over. Right, right. <laughs> but there aren't better things out there. Yeah, I've been, it seems like I've been having the conversation a lot about the, you know, should I stay or should I go mm-hmm. uh, with different people? And from my perspective, I've asked the question so many times. Each time it felt like God was asking me the question, do you trust me? That was the question I needed right. to answer, not, is this my place right now? Or, you know, if God's, asking me to stay or go, do I trust him with the outcomes? And usually my answer was no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At first, you know, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. But then, yeah, to see him, to get to a place where I'm ready to trust for whatever's next. And then, you know, oh, it's staying or it's, or yeah. it's leaving. Yeah. I think our problem is we fell in love with the people. Oh. And so that makes the decision of staying or going a whole lot harder because you're like, well, I pastor these people. We love these people. We do right. life together. This is our community. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're entrenched. And it's, <laughs> and it's something beautiful about watching God work over the long term in people's lives. Right, right. Being part of that. Yeah. Like you said, you're the head of marketing or the head of the events team was your intern and, you know, just the learnings and the things that come from longevity that you made that mistake 15 years ago. Now we've learned from it and move on versus somebody new, like, oh, let's try it. Well, we've tried it already. Trust me, it won't work. I know we're doing it anyway. And okay, let's watch them learn. And then when it comes to, yeah, and when it comes to pulling off big events, it's just synergy in the team and everybody knows who does what and how it works. It feels like a beautifully well-oiled machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, and there's a so, lot of trust in those relationships now. Right, right. Which I've also been talking a lot about, and I've been listening to um, Patrick Lencioni's podcast. You know him, uh, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. He wrote this book. Uh, yeah, yeah. And trust is the foundation of any, you know, work environment. And yeah, I think it's so sad because I feel like so many places don't don't have that trust foundation. And so, yeah, the, to see it, see it working and see what it can produce. Yeah. yeah. So, so cool. It's so easy to erode it so quick as a leader. Yeah. 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 Failing to understand. Yeah. So, well, it takes forever yeah. to build and then, yeah, it doesn't take long to go away. No. Yeah. Oh. I'd just be curious, a lot of people who get into a position like you're in, you you sort of get promoted maybe out of the thing you're really good at. Like if you're a worship leader, now you're the creative right. arts pastor or whatever, and you're leading worship not as often. and Or, you know, maybe becoming disconnected with who you are as a person and who God's created you to be and, and right. your connection to him. How do you like not just, you know, your life just be about this huge Hillsong thing that you got to get done versus your own connection to Jesus and the and your church. <laughs> <laughs> and you yeah. may begin your answer now. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, and I think probably all of us have had seasons where we've done some of that really well and some of it really poorly. I, mm-hmm. I think we have been consumed by this thing because it's a noble cause. Yeah. Like the Church of Jesus Christ and, and finding... People finding salvation is what we're all about. And so that's the main game. That's what you give your life to, building the church and seeing people find answers. And then I think the balance of that is actually that the kingdom is even bigger than the church. And that is that encompasses my life and my family, my outside world and every relationship I have. And and Jesus is about establishing his kingdom. And then he did that through the church. And I think for us, just we have had to work hard to find the balance. We have failed and we have succeeded. Mm-hmm. And I think kids have been a good reality check in that yeah. because they require time and investment and energy and they're blunt when you don't come home or when <laughs> yeah. you spend too much time at church or yeah, yeah. they roll their eyes when you're out again. And I think some of that has made for some pretty healthy um, recalibration for us as a family. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think I have, I might be deceiving myself. I think I have found Jesus really easy to find in the seasons. I love the word of God. I love Mm. the Bible. I love worship. And so all of that has not been a job for me. Mm -hmm. So, and and at one point in time, I I thought about God reveals himself to um, Moses in the cleft of the rock. Elijah mm-hmm. in the cleft of the rock, and he carves out this space. And he puts in there. He goes, "My goodness will pass in front of you." Hmm. And I think I had this revelation that my God time is like a cleft in the rock, and I have to find out the spaces where God's carved to meet with me. Uh-huh. And that meant that it could be as organic as gardening and as structured as my quiet time at the table in the morning. Right. And I think I I have learned over the years to look for Him. Yeah. And so. In those moments, I feel like that's where he fuels my creativity and the ideas. And I think I see my role as listening for the voice of God and then helping to bring that to the church. I think as a creative pastor, that is one of the greatest gifts that I can bring. Mm -hmm. So when it's 
about creativity and openers and church and those sort of things. I have a pastoral responsibility as part of my craft. So we've talked to our team about um, we're the Levites. We're we're the guys who, um, like the Old Testament, they set up the temple. They were the bump in and the bump out crew. They were the guys (laughs) who actually like packed it all down when that was time to follow the cloud and move on. But they were the guys that actually encamped around the presence of God and attended to him. Mm-hmm. And that was like I think that's our production guys. They're the bump in and bump out. They're the first ones there and the last ones there. But it was the yeah. musicians, it's, it's the singers, it's the stage and set designers. It's the guy who comes in and makes it look beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think then we have a function to attend to God, yeah. and that makes us attentive to Him in everyday life. Yeah, I don't know that that answers your question. No, I think no, my job so- is. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I can remember this is years ago. I went to work early. I was in my office, which might have been like a rehearsal room or something. I was like a just big common area. And I had my Bible open reading. And one of the teaching pastors came in early also. Like I don't that wasn't normal. And he's like, <laughs> Oh, what are you doing there? I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm reading my Bible. And uh he's like, Why? And I'm like, well, I, I'm preparing a <laughs> devotional for my team, you know? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, th- this is like, I struggle with like the Bible is a, like the word of God is a means to an end instead of the end itself. You know, I'm like, I need, I need yeah. to get something from this so that I can do my job. And the fact I still remember it, you know, it's stuck in my, in my mind yeah. um, that I, so I think it's, it's so easy to get detached from my personal walk with what our church needs me to do. Yeah. And uh, man, I, your answers were so great. Just that I, I feel the, your personal, uh, res- your acceptance of personal responsibility to like, I need to meet with God and my team needs it too, but, but that you need to do, yeah. you need to do your personal walk with him, not anybody else. I'm so much better for it. (laughs) (laughs) And I have, like, I don't know, my my mom has a very, very simple faith. My dad is a theologian. Okay. And I think the combination of the two (laughs) is actually, like, quite a wonderful space to live in. So I have a fascination with the Word of God, and I I literally will read commentaries for fun because I think they're amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think the Bible's beautiful. But then I have, like, my mom just in my ear just, just pray about that. Just ask God about that. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. And I think my trap would be in the work side of things, right? So in, I think as the job's grown in the HR and the policies and the um, racial equity committees that you find yourself on and all the extra things that are now part of an executive leadership role as opposed yeah. to a creative pastor role. Uh-huh. So the creative pastor is really fun and really amazing. The other stuff, there's a lot of stretch in we're managing a lot of people, a lot of um, work relationships. We are people's employer, not just their church, and that comes with responsibilities that aren't very right. fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – yeah. so the Philo organization is – it's very small, you know, just like a, a tight-knit right. group of friends. And I think if my prayer, uh, what I imagine it, you know, if God took it past my wildest imaginations, it would be a bigger team. And but it all comes right. with that, you know, oh. the complication <laughs> and the. <laughs> yes. What do we think about vacation time? And like, no, wow, well, who cares? 
but oh, and you know government awards <laughs> yeah. uh, how many hours can people work and, right yeah yeah i mean it's even now it that, can be confusing yeah. yeah and then the church culture butts up against the culture of the world and the yeah that's hard yeah, yeah. Ugh. so let's not talk about that yeah. anymore <laughs> no can we not <laughs> yeah. let's move on <laughs> because the fun stuff is actually in the creating and in the yeah. dreaming and in the yeah yeah, that's so true. And the execution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we could, if we could all only do the thing we love to do all the time. Yeah. Oh, it would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. um, we had a real sense of it. I don't know about you, but because of COVID and the changes of everything, the last couple of years, two years have been really um, unpredictable. And so much of it has been um, in online spaces, right? So our team has often been in rooms executing together. To no one. And that has been such a bizarre space for our technical teams and for our worship teams because they're used to like a live congregation and people worshipping and all those sort of things. But when we came back together for Easter, Uh I think like the delight in everybody pulling things off and the excessive nature of creation, like the guy's like, can we do this? And I've never watched like our creative tech teams going, yes, and more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Our worship team going, and more. (laughs) Because they were just so excited to actually bring to the church what was familiar territory to them. Do something and then see how how people respond, oh, how it's how received. Yeah. Oh my god. And it wasn't just problem solving, right? Because I feel yeah. like the last two years have just been okay. How do we get church online? How do we do it better? How do we connect right, more? How right, do we engage? Right. How do we how do we link to the LA from Sydney? How do we yeah yeah get rid of the delays? How does <laughs> so each was something special. It was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe we've been prepared for something that's ahead, you know, that, you know, all this learning yeah. and stuff will help, help the church grow and expand and probably already has in, in many uh-huh. ways, but let's get back to the fun stuff. And the stories that we're hearing from mm. the Middle East and mm. from China and from mm. people who have found online church and the stories of what our creativity and our technical ability has facilitated mm-hmm. has been quite magnificent. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think even for Philo, like in 2019 was our last in-person event. Right. So we had 1,600 people in person and 50 people online. And, right. and then in 2020, it was, well, everybody's online. And the things we learned that year, I mean, even the fact that we're like, hey, let's try and do a little bit of online thing in 2019 and see what happens. And yep. <laughs> we felt like it was a huge success of like things to learn and do better. But just then, you know, fast forwarding to now, have have 1,200 people all over the world watching. I mean, that would not be happening if we hadn't learned all those lessons. Right. That, yeah, to have 300 people in India watching together and, you know, learning to do production and like reconnect their heart to Jesus in the midst of their, you know, working out production. Yeah, I'm like... That's wonderful. No. Yeah. Um, we took our worship conference online and we decided that we, like someone, me probably, thought that it was <laughs> a really good idea. <laughs> I said to the guys, imagine we do 24 hours live streaming, <laughs> complete content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't sleep. We go around the clock and we follow all the time zones. We pass yeah. it through all of our global locations and we do uh-huh. all this stuff. Anyway, we tried that last year and we went, we will never do <laughs> we that again. Tried it, it was yeah, amazing. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> but we we could not have imagined the demand on our team. We all went, oh, yeah, yeah, we're up for this. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Our creative guys, our tech guys, like everybody went, this is amazing. And then we did it and went, what were we thinking? Wow, 24 hours of content. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's a lot of content, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> But we did it. Well, I appreciate that you and guys dream big. That it's done. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. it's done. Yeah. Not that we did it, but it's done. We're we're celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually amazing. And now we have so much resource for our own team, which is incredible. Yeah. But um yeah, we learned what twenty four hours actually feels like. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, normally in a conference you maybe provide like eight or ten hours of content if that over yeah, the period. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, and it's you could kind of well, I mean, I was going to say you could see the light at yeah, the end you can of the tunnel. Stop and have a break, <laughs> right? Yeah, eat or yeah, go to sleep. Yeah, yes. so funny. I just appreciate that you guys. What feels like the culture of let's try something big and see what happens. Yeah. Maybe if it doesn't work, we won't do it again. But from a creative standpoint, I think I get tripped. I personally get tripped up on being like way out there creative because I'm a tech person. I'm usually the one like I got to figure out how to do this. <laughs> So I'm usually, my ideas that I present, yeah, right. usually I've already kind of vetted how I'm going to get it done, or I could imagine how it would get done. And so- I know you. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah, I would never imagine 24 hours. I'm like, yeah, no, that sounds like a bad idea. Because I'm the one who's going to stay up 24 hours. I don't think I've ever done that in my life. So um, uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm curious, like, how do you then create with, with so much, like, with no lid on it? Yeah, my natural bent is to probably sit on the other side of the equation uh-huh. and I give our creative tech team heart palpitations every time I open my mouth, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. I yeah. have, um, I don't know if you've done strength binders, but I have ideation in my top strength. Sure, okay. Uh-huh. And so, so like I'm never short on an idea to yeah. bring to the table. Uh-huh. However, um, I think we have learned over the years that probably our creative tech guys have equally as much innovation and ideation as me. Yeah. And they're okay. happy to match it. So they're happy to go with us uh-huh. if they get invited to the table at the right time. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And so I think um, in the past, I think in churches, the worship team and the creative team have been allowed to create an isolation over there. And then the tech team are the guys who have to pull it off and facilitate it all. Right. Right. And when, when I came into my role, I went, I'm a little bit sick of the worship leader being the main guy and uh-huh. everybody else being subservient. Maybe we need to tip the scales a bit and go, hang on, we are the creative team. And together, um, without all these strengths in play, we actually can't pull this thing off. So our creative technicians are equally as much worship leaders as our worship team. They're mm-hmm. equally as much creative as our creative team. Mm-hmm. So we have tried to change the meetings. So when we start dreaming, there are our creative tech dreamers in the midst. Okay. And often we've got to rein them in now and go, hey, guys, um, <laughs> I know your new VR stuff is awesome, but that's just never going to come off. <laughs> and they have started like bringing ideas to the table that we go, oh, no, that's not possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or we don't have that much money. Right, right. But, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, for but sure. But I would say we've got some guys, Stephen Pippett, who has been our production manager with United, he is like, an incredible dreamer and yeah. a guy called Luke Fairburn, who would be our technical director for all of our conferences. He wants to say yes to ideas. Like uh-huh. his natural bent is to go, how can we not, that will never happen. Yeah. And the guy who is at responsible for our stage and set design, he is 
phenomenally creative. So I think we've got a whole lot of guys in that space who actually have the skill to be able to do it. They know what they're saying yes or no to. Sure, right. And they're dreamers. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. And they're they're reluctant to commit the team if it's going to kill them. And we've actually had to have a new ethos and a way of managing this that goes people matter, not just the ideas. Sure, right. So how much collateral damage comes with this idea? (laughs) Right, right. Well, and part of it is every idea has a cost associated with it. And so, yeah, it's a matter of, yeah, what are we willing to pay? What's the, what is the cost that crosses the line? And I think the hard part in what we're doing in church is that, you know, you sort of have one shot at, at an idea, you do it one time and then you move on to the next one versus like in Broadway or something, you've developed and develop and develop and hone and get it just perfect and then, you know, put it out there. The trouble for us is that we do it one, we have a great idea, do it one time, and then we need to come up with a new idea that we also yep. don't know how to do or how what the cost will be. We're just guessing. Right. And I, I think there's a reality that, I think in the last season though, we've gone, sometimes the simple ideas are often the best ideas. Yeah, yeah. And I think we lived for a while where we were trying to outdo our ideas and get better yeah. and better. And then we went, hold on. The, the goal of the idea is to actually tell a story. And we yeah. want to tell the story well. Yeah. And the story is actually the piece de resistance. So yeah. how do we set that beautifully? Not how do we wow people? Right, yeah. Because I think the bigger and better syndrome or whatever it's called, it's easy we'll to fall us. into, but you can't sustain yeah. it. You can't keep going. So okay. for me, it's the question is always, how can we make it as good as last time? You know, maybe it's different, but equally as yeah. good instead of bigger, better... Yeah, you run out of ideas right. and money and a space big enough to hold your idea. <laughs> yeah. And I think my question now is even beyond that. It's like, what do we want to communicate and what's the best way to do that? Yeah. Because if the best way to do that is simply, then let's do it like this. And if it's complicated, let's, let's not be afraid of either way. Right, right. And let's talk together about what season are we in? What resource do we have? How are we able to do this? Mm-hmm. So at the moment for our team, we went post-COVID and in a leadership transition season, our big things, actually the care of our people, communication, and then working out what's feasible. Uh-huh. And we haven't often worked like that, but I think they're really good <laughs> questions, Yeah, at yeah, least yeah. for this year. We were just talking over dinner last night, my wife and the, my one son who lives at home, just, right. I don't know how we got on the subject, but uh, the senior pastor of the church that I started work doing production work in, he had no clue about production or creativity or it, right. none of it made sense to him. But he was so so good for me as a leader. And one of the things he used to say was, all the time, was like a buzzword at our church, at our staff group was, enjoy the process. Enjoy yeah, the process. He would say that. it all the time. And yeah, I think it's so easy to look past the process and just enjoy the outcome of, you know, the and the process doesn't matter. And the problem right. for that is, the, yeah, the process is people and you know, your life and my life and the the team's life and how we treat each other when things don't go right. And, you know, just that part of it matters so much. And yeah, I think big ideas can sometimes like get in the way of the process. Yeah. Or can be a gift, right? Either way. Yeah. Yeah. You want to have the right things at the right time. Yeah. And I think that's probably the challenge of leadership. What is this the right time to stretch us? Right. Or is it time to like protect us? Yeah. Um, yeah. And even for us, like the challenge of running multi-site means that 
an idea that is great at our flagship campus that has all the resourcing and all the help and all of the the skill right. level there to pull it off in a short period of time. When you roll it out to a little campus that is, I don't know, 200 kilometres away with a very small team and no full-time staff members. And yeah. you just have to be aware of what you're actually asking people to deliver and then what that looks like when it lands in different environments. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. even across cultures. So. Oh, geez, right. Yeah, I would imagine that even cross-culturally, the even within Australia, you probably have Definitely. you know, uncountable oh. cultural differences between Sydney and Melbourne and Darwin right. and, you know, yep. Perth, whatever. I'm <laughs> um, like get, yeah. getting my geography yeah. brain good. going. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, let alone like places that are speaking a different language and, you know, different right. countries and all that stuff. I mean, is there an easy oh. answer to how you do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no easy answer. And sometimes we do it really well and sometimes we do it really badly. Yeah, but yeah. Often, like, because Hills is our flagship, we would create for Hills and then we would do iterations of it that can roll out across Australia. Uh-huh. Australia is always on the same page and then globally we would offer things and go, if this fits in with what you're doing, feel free uh-huh. to take this, except for key weekends where we would go, hey, we're all on the same page for Vision Sunday. We're all on the same page for Easter Friday. We're all on the Got same it. page for one other thing during the year. Sure, okay. And then it's much more sharing and we all sure. collaborate together around ideas and and have conversations around what fits and what suits. And it's even interesting to watch what songs work where and what's landing and what is God breathing on. Sure, yeah. I mean, I would imagine that there's a lot of trust required between you and the worship pastor in some other country that, yeah, that do things differently there, but are they that different, you know, how different really are they versus like a personality thing or, uh, because I would say, so I I attend Willow Creek Church and I, we go to a campus that's right here near my house and it's totally different than, you know, the, the main, you know, campus or what was the main campus. And, you know, some of it you're wondering like, okay, is it just, you don't like this song? but it actually does work for this group versus no, it actually doesn't, you know, this, our congregation here doesn't resonate with that song. Yeah. How do you manage all that across all those 120 sites? Yeah. I feel like we have um, a lot of relationship actually and mm. constructions in place that actually allow us to do that. There's some common understanding of what it means to be his song church. Okay. All right. So, um, we sing our songs, like that's why we are Hillsong. So three out of four songs will be Hillsong songs because it's the language of a faith community. Sure, yeah. Okay. And the guys who design our sets in Sydney provide access for all of those sort of things. So when we link, there's a similar feel across yeah, okay. what we're doing. All right. But there's a lot of um, shared testimonies and shared stories. And when we do our Vision Sunday presentations, there's a quest to make sure that we're representing Sweden as well as Africa as sure. well as Sydney. So it's not all Australian voices that you hear because we're a global church. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then like our production team, they have a WhatsApp chat and they have a <laughs> community of global production team that actually meet and they troubleshoot problems and they talk to each other. And yeah. Steve Pippett is on call and Mushiri is on call. And so there's people <laughs> who they can call and go, help us. We don't know what to do here. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's so great. And we have worked hard to make it relational. Yeah. It seems like that would take a lot of your time, like just the relational building and staying connected. And Yeah, I, I think it does. Hey? That, that very much. 
Yeah. We have the added benefit of United go out on tour or Hillsong Worship go out on tour and you always take a CT team with you. Yeah. So okay. those guys end up turning up at church on a Sunday morning in one of our campuses and encourage the team. And, uh-huh. and there's some lovely things about that that make it able to happen. Sure, right. And then we've worked with all the practicalities of planning centers and WhatsApp chats and all of those things that actually help us. Right, right. One of the things that you do with Hillsong that I really love is the team night and yeah, the, the right. way that you bring the team I together. I'd be, I'd be curious, like, <laughs> I have lots of questions maybe, but like, how often are you bringing everyone together versus team night is something that's happening, you know, a local expression everywhere or like, well, maybe just how does it work? Yeah, good. Um, you've caught us right in the middle of rethinking this. <laughs> Perfect. So, <laughs> so this so is an exclusive. Awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, so before COVID, uh-huh. we did team night every single Thursday night. Okay. In every location. So mm-hmm. whether you were a little team of 20 people or you were like our Hills campus has 750 people on a Thursday night. Okay. They were our creative teams. And then we would do similar things in Sweden and LA and all, all sorts of places around the world. Yeah. They do some form of team night. Um, over COVID, everything changed, right? So yeah, yeah. we took team night to Zoom. Yeah. And we actually had an amazing couple of years where we built community. And when we came back, we found that people were different. So mm. people's desire to serve in the church was different and their mm. commitment to wanting to serve morning and night and be away from their families and like all that stuff needed reassessing. And even their desire to come out every Thursday night to another church service with training and equipping was different. Yeah. So where we've got to at the moment (laughs) (laughs) is that we have a, there's always something on every week. Okay. That helps our people to develop in their love for Christ, their craft or Mm -hmm. in community. But okay. what those nights look like are different. Okay. So tomorrow night we have what we call our national team night where across Australia we will gather together as a big national team. Okay. So all of the states come together in one campus and then we will send this globally to all of our teams. Okay. Phil Dooley, who is our global acting interim senior pastor, I think is what we call him, he's going to okay. come and share his heart for creatives. Okay. There will be incredible worship new songs that nobody's heard before. Okay. There will be an Artists Still Live Here panel with artists who are working in the community telling their stories about what they're doing. There'll be um, something that we've done for Ukraine that's landed pretty beautifully that we're oh. going to commit to as a community. And we will tell stories. And then at the end of that hour and a half kind of program, we'll do vocal assessments and auditions and all sorts of things for new people. Okay. That's this week. Next week, if you turned up in the same place, it would be a training night. And so the whole place will be transformed into workshops and masterclasses and rooms where people go to get upskilled. Okay. And then if you turn up the week later, it will probably be a community hang because it'll be our tables night where we're focusing on community. Okay. And then the week after that, there will be probably a big rehearsal night for Hillsong Conference and things that we have coming up. So there's a, a revolving program. Okay. All right. And I mean, it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of work. But, yeah. if, but if you want volunteers and people involved in your teams, then I think that's the work that our partners and our leaders need to give themselves to. Yeah, yeah. Because we invest in upskilling our people. I think we've never needed it more than what we need it now. Right, right. 
So, and that work is like, I don't know, but, um, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Yeah. Our job is not to do all the ministry ourselves, but it's right. actually to put the ministry in the hands of our people yeah. and then make sure that they're equipped to do it. Yeah. I love Andrew Stark, who used to right. be a, a member of Andrew your team. Yeah, yeah. What a great guy. <laughs> One time we were talking and he just said how he he realized that like getting the perfect mix every week, uh, he thought that was the most important thing. And after a while right. realized like this doesn't matter as much as I think it does. And so what could I be doing differently? And so deciding to invest in people and develop people and and just his story of, yeah, I like train this person and I'm standing there in the booth, but the person's doing all the work. And if there was ever a problem, people look back and see me, you know, oh, we'll solve the problem, you know, but this person's yeah. doing all that work. And <laughs> I just, I, I love that story of just the development of people. I yeah. feel like the the local church, at least in the in North America, has done a bad job of, wanting excellence and consistency over developing volunteers. And what the place we're at now is where the church requires more tech people and there aren't any because we haven't been developing them, you know? And instead of uh, looking for the perfect person to run front of house, why don't we develop them, you know, ourselves? And so for the, maybe the last 10 years, yeah, we just have not done a great job of the development part of, our teams. Yeah. We definitely live there because when you live in a multi-site world with like in Australia, 30 locations, you can't staff them all. And so you have to be committed to the development. We're actually, we've just moved to try a new thing in one of our major campuses where we're employing um, almost like a volunteer manager slash a pastor Mm -hmm. over technical people in an attempt to recalibrate those things. Yeah. So, and all of our guys in have a decent amount of requirement to upskill volunteers and, and work that out. Yeah. I have to say, I love Reed Wall. I just always love watching his, fee, his stories on Instagram and the, you know, just the things he's doing. And it's always about developing people. He's always with someone or praising someone or, yeah, just developing oh. people. Even, you know, even in the midst of COVID and all things, you know, just what's going on in the world, just like, oh, Reed is still at it, just like pouring into people. Yeah. yeah. And I think that part of our culture and part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I often go to start a stage on a Sunday morning, there's like 20 people in black and I'm like, guys, do they all have jobs? They're like, no, but we're training this person. And yeah. this guy's new. <laughs> yeah, that's and we so do- great. Before and after services, we do a pre-brief where we like all get together and we pray together and and somebody encourages somebody out of the Bible. Like it's that kind of thing. But at the end of the service, we get together because we went, let's not be like the lepers that never come back and say thank you to Jesus. So we went at the end of service, we get together for this um, (laughs) leprosy meeting. And (laughs) who can we shout out this morning? And so it's like, oh, my goodness this guy's first morning on lighting and didn't he do an incredible job? And this yeah. guy worship led for the first time. And this guy did graphics this morning and this guy's leaving us to go to Amsterdam. And it's uh-huh. one of my favorite highlights of the weekend because oh. you actually see the team growing and developing and everybody championing their own people yeah, and calling yeah. out. Them. Yeah. I think it's so easy in the world that we live in, you know, doing services each week and, I know as a tech person, like I'm always trying to get better. So when a service happens, it's real easy for me to just pick apart the things that didn't oh. work or somebody that didn't sort of reach the, you know, hit the notes or whatever. 
And I think there's something important about that, like that we acknowledge, like, yeah, we can get better, so what do we learn? But um, just knowing that there's a meeting after this where we're going to get together and maybe I'm re- I need to say something nice about someone else, it makes me watch, you know, pay attention to the service difference, differently. Like, it does. Yeah, I'm looking for something to say, to encourage and support. And I think we, I say this a lot to the Philo community, like we know when things go right. As like the the people you know doing production right. and on stage, when things go well, we see it. Nobody else does. Normal people only see when things don't go right. And so, if we're seeing it, we need to say something because yeah. otherwise, no one's going to hear anything. No, um, and I yeah. think part of the problem with our world is that everybody knows. Like our world is so conscious of when things go wrong too, and nobody else knows what's gone wrong as much as we do. Yeah, and we. Are- critical so committed to excellence and often to a fault yeah, yeah i am um, one of my favorite moments this year has been we were sitting in our easter services and we had planned it all out really beautifully and the run sheet's perfect and and we have a new united song that's called blowing away at this point in the service and then we're going to end our service the message is going to all build up and robert's going to preach and he's going to end in communion and it's going to just be magnificent <laughs> and we've got a new song for there, we've got a new song for here and we've got an orchestra on stage and strings this beautiful media that's been made and the lighting's going to come down and like everything's going to be flawless yeah <laughs> and then phil rings and goes hey reckon we can flip those two moments <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, hold on a second, you can't, uh, like everything, right, why you can't yeah. flip it? Well, the orchestra gets up during this video and we don't have that video here and the transition's not nearly going to be as nice and this is not going to happen as well. And we've rehearsed this and, and rehearsals had finished. Like this is like yeah. 9 o'clock on Sunday or Easter Friday morning. And anyway, we all have a little huddle and go, can we do this? <laughs> What's the cost? Um uh, he really would like to make it happen. Like I think there's actually a good reason for making this happen because let's do it. Yeah. So the team all agreed to it and they go, it might need to have a little bit of grace for us because we have done no rehearsals. So I'm right, like, yeah, no right. problem. It all happens and in the moment that something's meant to happen, the lights go down and nothing happens as quickly or as beautifully as what you would want it to and you kind of hear people trip over some cables as they get on stage. <laughs> it just... You know, it's not flawless. Yeah, yeah. And I my husband and I go, we can fix that for the next service. Mm-hmm. And Phil leans over and he goes, don't you dare. Huh. There's something beautiful about the humanity in the church, seeing some humanity in this yeah, that yeah. actually glorifies God equally as much as your excellence does. Yeah. And it was one of those moments that I smiled and I go, oh, you don't often hear that. Yeah, it's true. And literally we have had messages from people telling us that they were watching online and that moment where everything wasn't perfect uh-huh. actually told them that they were included in the kingdom. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I was like, gee, sometimes it's funny what God uses. Yeah, I, it's uh, reminding me. So we, uh, while we're recording this, we, we just finished the Philo Conference and you and I were talking earlier about my favorite moment, which was, you know, going off right. script and watching God do amazing things. And uh, the very next morning we had to go off script, you know, sort of move some stuff around and yeah, it did not go well. And so I, uh, at one point I'm looking for people backstage, like where, where's this person? We, we can't start without him. And 
so uh, Chelsea, who uh, she's sort of my right-hand person. She's the one who makes Philo actually happen. She's like, just go out and stall. Like, here's a microphone. Just start talking. And so, so I go out and I'm like, I, I don't know what to talk about, but like here, I'll, you know, favorite moment and all this stuff. And, and then the worship leader comes over and says, we we're ready, you know, let me save you. We're ready now. So I'm like, all right, I'll see you later. And, um, afterwards, you know, I didn't have time to think about what to say or be nervous or whatever. It was just whatever it was. And somebody came up to me afterwards and said, that was totally planned, wasn't it? That moment. I'm like, no, it was not planned. And, you know, just acknowledging that stuff happens. It happens here. It happens at your church. And part of it is, I think we try really hard to hide our imperfections. It's just like, just acknowledge that there's something weird going on and it's okay. Yeah. We're all just human. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. Uh, Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. And it's been great just to reconnect with you and yeah, just praying for you and your family and your team. Just, I know so many people listening have been affected by all that God has done through Hillsong. So yeah, thanks for uh, being a part of that. Thanks for having me. I really Mm -hmm. appreciate it. I really had a great time with Cass. I spent some time with her uh, over the years and yeah, I just love every minute of it. And in case anyone's wondering, uh, it's not lost on me the irony that we had an Australian guest on the podcast on the 4th of July. So yeah, maybe we'll rebroadcast this episode on January 26th. So if you're wondering what that day is, maybe you can Google it. I thought it was really interesting that she had so many roles in the Hillsong organization over the years and that all of that knowledge and understanding of various parts of the organization have really helped in her role today. And I, th- I just think about my own part in production. It's so easy to just think about my own set of problems and not really care or understand about what's going on other places in the organization. And I just, I think that was a good challenge uh, for me just to put ourselves in places where we need to understand what's going on in other parts of our organizations. And I also loved, you know, can, when we talk about how to execute ideas, Cass talked about, you know, how they're currently thinking, which is not how can we make this bigger and better, but, you know, what is the best way to communicate this particular idea? Uh, if it's simply, let's do it simply. If it's go big, let's go big. And really, you know, what do our people need? What do our people need? Not just what would make a big splash and, you know, be the coolest thing ever, but what does our congregation need? Which I think is such an important thing for us to be asking. It's so, uh, you know, kind of tied back to that other thing. It's so easy to get focused on production and the things that would make that easier or better. Instead of asking the bigger question is, does our church need it? What's best for our church? What's What do our people need? Anyway, I also loved that just in the course of the conversation that uh, it reminded me of that phrase, enjoy the process. I mean, that's one of my favorite statements that just stuck in my head. And I so appreciate having leaders early on in my my life as a technical artist that would say it a lot, that it was you know, not just about the product, but that the process mattered. And I mean, this is just kind of a random story, but you know, back in the day when you used to have alerts on your computer, we would make a mistake and there would be a ding or something like that. On all my computers, I turn all that stuff off because I can't stand it. But, uh, you know, I was doing editing on an Avid way back in the day and I had set my alert uh, phrase to be me saying, enjoy the process, dork. 
And it would just, you know, it would get in some loop and would not stop. You know, it'd be two in the morning doing a video edit and that thing would start going. Just me talking over and over again about enjoying the process. So anyway, uh, that was fun to remember about. As we close up this 4th of July edition, you know, we got a little bit of summer left, uh, a month or so, two months. And as you're going through the summer and maybe doing some extra yard work out there mowing the grass or, you know, I don't know, are you vacuuming your pool? Whatever it is you're doing. For me, it's uh, cleaning up the tree farm. Uh, We're going on a trip up there and uh, yeah, just picking up dead trees and stuff. And so uh, I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands to be just listening to whatever. And yeah, maybe consider catching up on file podcast you've missed or revisit some of the ones from the past that you would love to hear again. Um, we've had some great guests and some great content there. Or maybe, you know, there's a breakout class you missed at the Philo conference. Yeah, maybe go download it and listen to that and learn a new skill during the summer. Anyway, all, all those kinds of things you can find in the show notes. And uh, how about following us on social media? Stay up to date with what we got going on. So at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram and at Philo Conference on Twitter. And maybe consider subscribing to our Philo newsletter, philo.org, or to the podcast. And that'll keep you up to date on everything we have going on. Anyway, thanks for joining me today. And until next time, see you later.